The Toby Gribbon Show. Highlights. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Cheryl Krakoch is the author of the memoir Sentiment and the recently released Love Poems and Obsession. With a career spanning 16 years as a social worker in a mental health facility, Cheryl draws from her experiences and heritage to explore themes of family, culture, love and desire in her writing. And Cheryl joins us now over the phone. How are you today? Fine. So what was it that inspired you to write your memoir? After my father uh, passed away, I, um, and, and I, was, I was ill at that time. And so anyway, I, I, just, uh, I just decided that I was going to write about our family history. And, and uh, my father was quite an eccentric character. He was a physician. And, and, um, and we, uh, we started out, well, his, his parents were immigrants from then it was uh, 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 it was Slovenia, but it yeah. was it was not, it was different then. But uh, but they came over uh, as immigrants, and my dad um, started out in the Chicago area. He was when he was a little kid. He he didn't when he started first grade. He didn't know any English or anything like that. And he uh, you know he had a hard time with with some of the nuns there. Yeah. But uh, but he you know, he was a very uh, uh, kind of a character and and just and just loved life and and he uh, he was madly in love with my mother after he married her and when they were both in their early twenties and uh, and and my anyway my family just uh, I was always so intrigued by um, by how the family dynamics were I was when I was little we all lived with my grandparents we lived upstairs and and uh, and it kind of like in you know the old country kind of stuff. <laughs> But um, but I but then as as my life went on, I I when I um, uh, when I wasn't uh, able to work anymore, I I got really ill uh, and I wasn't able to work anymore, and that was about the time my parents both passed away, and I I just decided I was going to write uh, write a, a memoir about uh, my family. That's that's what I did. Yeah, have you ever travelled to Slovenia and travelled to your family's homeland? Yes. Yep. 
yeah. we did go there, and it was right before the war broke out. We mm. uh, we were there. My my uh, dad's first cousin was a Catholic priest over there, and we stayed with him. And then we, uh, my aunt and uncle uh, went over, over there as well. My dad's sister and we uh, we went. Um, uh, we went down into Italy. We uh, we went and we were in Slovenia. But that was during the time when uh, Tito was there, and he, you know, it was uh, it was kind of a scary time. And right after that, right after we left, that was when the, they shut the whole country down. And my my dad's cousin uh, was you know was a priest, and he was showing us all over and taking us to all the relatives and all this kind of thing. But we went into a tavern one one time to have a. Uh, my aunt and uncle, my dad and I, and we went into the uh, rest uh, the restaurant. It was kind of a funky little place, but but um, I there was a picture of Tito on the top of of the wall, and I said, "Oh, is that Tito?" And I didn't know anything about Tito, and he started kicking me under the table, and he said, he said, and he just looked at me like, "Shut up." <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say a word, and so when we got back out in the car, as soon as we got in the car and he knew no one could hear what he was saying, he, he said, don't ever say anything about anything political. Or, you know, mm-hmm. and, and a lot of his priest friends were being um, sent off to some island somewhere, and they were tortured and murdered and all that kind of a thing. And so some of his, his, Catholic, uh, the, his Catholic priest friends were, uh, were uh, murdered or tortured out there and that kind of thing. So he was really, you know, didn't, didn't want that to happen to himself. <laughs> so, yes. so um, uh, yeah, so that, that, was, that was really um, a wonderful experience I had anyway, in spite of the fact that the scary part was, was going on. But, um, but it, it, it made me feel connected more to my heritage and all that, you know. <laughs> yeah. And how do you think those experiences influenced your writing? I mean, a lot of those experiences. I just uh, growing up with in my grandparents' home and and feeling like we were different. Or and, and my mom's side of the family um, was was not approving of of um, my parents getting married. They yeah. they were all they were really not too happy about it. But you know, as time went on, things got better. But uh, but they they threatened to disown her. So, yeah. but she married him anyway, and. And that was how that was, but um, yeah. So, so that that was what how that how that was with the with the other book, the the uh, love poems. Yeah. My father was very, uh, uh, what's the word? He was very intense about his love for for his wife and my mother, and um, and he uh, and he. So he from the time before they were married, he started writing her poems and. And uh, and I didn't know anything about them. I didn't know they existed. And and he wrote from the time uh, before they got married until not too long before he passed away. And the the poems just they they were just unbelievable to me. I found them. I was looking for uh, some things from my brother for for the sentiment book. And uh, he had this safe, and he had a bunch of stuff that had been thrown in there from my parents after they passed away. And I found and I found these written handwritten poems and and uh i just i just was so amazed by all those years that he wrote these these beautiful poems and, and a lot of them were were his feelings of inadequacy where she was concerned or or a little bit of fear about about um whether she approved of him or not and and there was just this you know these poems that he wrote her for for years from the like i say from the time before they were married until 
until uh, they they were close to death, and and so uh, his his poems just uh, it had a lot to say about his immigrant background, about um, about his his culture, about his, and he was he was very. Um, very full of life, yes. <laughs> very, very, very full of life. So anyway, um, so that that really was something that let me understand more my parents' uh, relationship and and his, you know, his really, um, you know, his obsession with her, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and that second book, Love, Poems and Obsession, is a sequel of sorts to the first book. So how does it yes. build upon your previous work? Well, I, I think, I mean, I, I talk about, I mean, I write when I write, I write about my parents and I write about all the things in my family that, that were I thought were interesting. And, yeah. and, uh, and the, the, the kind of the, I don't know, the just the love of life and the and but the, the but difficulty too my father also had uh both of my parents had some emotional issues you know uh and and they they dealt with that and so there was a lot of sorrow in there as well but um but anyway uh just reading of you know reading um uh reading the poems and then just thinking back on on the relationship i i it just i learned a lot about Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Um, I don't know how to say this. I, I <laughs> learned a lot about uh, life and, and uh, love and... Um, and all and all those kinds of things, I think, from them. Yeah. <laughs> my, not my mother so much. My mother was always quiet. I, I don't think I ever knew her very well. But 
but it was more my my father's uh, obsession with her uh, of my father's uh, um, I don't know his intensity his his um, romantic uh, nature th- those kinds of things I I I I didn't I I knew he was always like that I mean he was always uh, dynamic and everything but I I wasn't aware of the of the difficulty he had emotionally with with his relationship with my mom. <laughs> yeah. And of course you are now a mother and indeed a grandmother. Mm-hmm. So has that influenced your writing particularly with the themes of love that you have in this second book and the first book as well I suppose. I think that I I could uh relate to my father's um obsession with my mother, my my um my father's uh he was very uh, charismatic. He was full of life, all that kind of thing. I I think I I learned more, I, and I felt more akin to to him. My mother was always more of a mystery to me. I never felt like I really knew her very well. Um, she wasn't a mean person or anything. I ne- but I she was quiet. She was uh, an, an introvert. Uh, and but but it's my father's side of the family that that I really was more attracted to and and my my grandmother was just a uh she was you know she was well, that as an example she <laughs> when we still lived with them she would she never drove or anything but she would walk down to the, the this the butcher shop down down and we were living with them at the time we all lived upstairs i mean we lived upstairs and they lived downstairs and so so i was a little girl and she took me to the uh, she took me to the butcher shop, and she was just she was not going to let anybody get get the best of her. She and she never was. I mean, she was so funny, and so she told me all about the old country when I was just a little girl. She, uh, she, she just was so hilarious. I, yeah. I, and she, you know, she would tell me she would she would have me help her uh, put. Um, things uh, in like she would uh, bake things and and put uh, money in in this, these big packages and she'd send them to the old country because she would say that the people struggled there they were they were poor there they uh, their their um, their politics the politics were not so good then and the people just really struggled there so but she was always so generous about things like that but anyway she would take that she sometimes she would take me to this butcher shop and so she would want to order some something or other and. So uh, he would try to give her this kind of crummier stuff, you know. And so she, but she would, she had her accent, you know. She had her her accent, and she would just, oh, she just, I just remember she said, oh, that's garbage, that's garbage. I, I want your, and then she pointed something. She said, this is what I want, and and so she, she was just hilarious, and she, and she just, I mean, she was just. My dad said, called her a bulldog. He said, she's no one, no one gets the best of her. So that's that's kind of how she was. And one time, um, she took me to Chicago. She would take me in Chicago, and uh, when I was just a little girl, I was four or five years old, and she would take me, you know, shopping, and we'd look around at, at, at Christmas time and things like that, you know. But but so we were. She was in the. She was in the uh, toilet. She went into the bathroom. She had to go to the bathroom. So she was sitting on the toilet, and someone, and I was sitting there waiting for her, and somebody, somebody. Um, uh, uh, went and and went above the stall and then grabbed her purse and ran off with it and it had oh, money no. in it. <laughs> and so, so she she was so mad that she yeah. she jumped out of the bathroom and she ran after this woman, but she never <laughs> could get a hold of her. But she you know she was like that. She just she just was funny and and uh, you know just. <laughs> Just wonderful. I just, I just thought, I just thought she was so great. But, 
But uh, and my grandfather, her husband, was quiet, and he'd been in the war. He'd been in the First World War, and he was um, he was in a, a concentration camp. Uh, they they caught him, and and they would uh, you know he was in there, and they were starving the in there. It was it was the fascists against <laughs> against uh, them. You know they were, uh, and he so anyway he was in in that prison camp and uh and he he uh, escaped and they they thought that they thought that he would they they was going to get killed but they they just brought him back and they didn't kill him but they would you know they would take um uh they would take bread and they would crack they would pee on it and then they'd throw it in the in their in the cells wherever they had them and that's all they had to eat and that's that's the kind of stuff that he he went through and so he he was quiet a, a lot of the times he cried easily <laughs> he yeah. uh you know he he had gone through those these you know terrible times and everything so uh, so he he would but he was a nice man he was and every time we'd come and visit cuz we we came out to Oregon and then we would always fly back and visit uh, my relatives, my relatives in the Chicago area, and and he would, um, and so <laughs> um, makes me <laughs> careful almost. But he, um, uh, <laughs> so we would come and we'd go visit him and stuff. And so when uh, when we were ready to leave, he would <laughs> he'd always hide and <laughs> he didn't want to he didn't want to have to say goodbye. So. So my grandmother, <laughs> she would always haul them out. She would always haul them out and say, you know, you're you're going to say goodbye to your 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 grand you know, grandkids. You're going to say goodbye. So he'd haul she'd haul them out there, and then he then he'd have to say goodbye. <laughs> but but he, he he could never tolerate very easily having to say goodbye. You know, because he never never saw his family again that were in the old country anymore. So anyway, <laughs> that's that's what he was like. <laughs> Well, have you got any future writing projects on the way that you've got in the works at the moment? No, nothing, nothing else. No, not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, in the meantime, where are we able to find your first book, Sentiment, and the second book, Love, Poems and Obsession? They're both there. In fact, I was just reading a few of them. (laughs) Uh, today, Today, I was just looking at them a little bit because my dad would... And when I first found them at my brother's, you know, I couldn't believe it. I had no idea that he'd written those things. And so, so he, uh, so anyway, I, uh, I, I just used the, the real, the poem. And then I would, you know, I'd have commentary about the poem and, and how it affected me, how, uh, I would kind of add some things because of, I, I knew my parents pretty well, especially my father, but, but, yeah. uh, he, he was, he was a romantic, he was, you know, just obsessed with her and, and it, and I, I never had any kind of inkling about what their relationship was like until, until I started, until I found the poetry book and I, and I, or the poems, not the book. It wasn't a book then. It was just these, all these, you know, all these pages and stuff. But I, 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 I was just uh, enlightened by, uh, by the ability to have read these. And I didn't know they existed until after my parents were both dead. But there they were. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was a gift for me. <laughs> Uh, to have read them. <laughs> well, many thanks for talking to us today. It's been great to have you on and hopefully okay. you will have more books on the way soon. Okay, okay. Well, thank you for thank you for for doing this uh, interview. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. <laughs> Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The throbbing pulse of sound, the Toby Gribben 